Hello, listeners. Welcome to my podcast show. This is your host, Isaiah Nenny, and this is the Game Time Gazette, where we're talking all sports, including Formula One, UFC, boxing, NBA, NFL, NHL, and more. Let's have some fun. Let's get ready. Good afternoon, people of the world. Thank you for joining me for uh, on another day. This is the Game Time Gazette. This is your host, Isaiah Nenny. I'm, you know, excited glad to be back you know another beautiful monday talking some sports you know uh we're gonna start upping the content as well you know as we uh start you know getting this is episode eight now so this has been a few episodes in so you know start upping the content add some video content for sure Uh, so just be on the lookout for that uh, as i'm adding you know different youtubes and uh, tiktoks and all of that so let's be on the lookout for that as we expand as or as they try to expand um but yeah uh that's just a quick quick little update um you know today's monday the 26th uh it was a it was a fun weekend i mean uh, it was a lot of soccer you know uh, basketball was on as well a lot of basketball on sundays so you know that you know there was a lot of games it was kind of kind of mellow on the saturday but <clears throat> It's, it's starting to amp up as we're getting, you know, closer and closer to playoff time. Um, there's like 20 or so games remaining. I think 25, maybe 25 games remaining for the Raptors. And, you know, that's not a lot of time. That's, you know, that's a quarter of the season left. So, you know, definitely a lot to dive in on. So, but we're going to start off with the soccer. As I said, a lot of soccer. Actually, no, we'll start off. Actually, no, yeah, let's start off with the soccer. Let me just stick on schedule. We'll start off with the soccer. Um, I wanted to, you know, first start off with the Barcelona, you know, closing the gap on Real Madrid in the La Liga, finally seeing a good performance. Like, this is one of the best performances all season from the team. I mean, we're seeing that Xavi ball come back into action, 4 nothing against Getafe. Getafe not doing too bad this season with Mason Mount, uh, Mason Greenwood, sorry. And, um, yeah, forward and all that, and, you know, uh, through the media and all that they were talking uh, that whole Mason Greenwood situation interesting because they're saying how uh, Man United they're going to evaluate that later uh, obviously you know what that means he's probably going to go back to Man United that poor club man I, I, you know it's it's it, they've been they need more forwards though and I guess if the, the media doesn't harp on them again you know that, that that's probably what they're going to do and you know, with the decline of Rashford this year, they're probably just going to get him. You know, they're probably going to bring him back. And that's what I'm predicting. You know, even if you think that's right or wrong, it's probably, you know, not the best decision for Man United to do that. You know, it's the whole media thing. The last time they were uh, talking about bringing him back, it was it was a really, you know, big controversy. And they had to loan him out. And they were about to sell him, but loaned him out because... Um, still wanted to keep the rights to him, but obviously couldn't play him. And I guess he was clear to play. A whole mucky situation, but yeah, I'm not the one to talk about that. That's not even, I don't even have really too much opinion on that. That's really, I'm going to leave that to the other, to, to, I'm going to leave that to, to the United guys. <clears throat> yeah, because uh, they got more things to worry about than Greenwood though. But yeah, Barcelona winning this game 4 nothing. Um, started off the scoring, yeah, Rafinha, man, uh, a goal assist and a, 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 a hockey assist as well. That's passed to an assist. 
uh, played really well. You know, first game back, and he's this is the first game that he's really showed that he's back. Really had that post on IG saying I'm back, and uh, you know we seen that, and that was that was impressive, right? The, the I mean the goal was impressive, the assist was impressive to Felix. It was it was a really all around game. This is what we wanted to see from the team. De Young, he was De Young was everywhere. Um, I really enjoyed his contributions. He was able to get a goal as well. Um, you know, we had a lot of shots on target, 17 shots, nine on target, 68% of the possession. We controlled the whole game. Shabby ball was on point, 86% pass accuracy as a team. You know, that's very impressive. It was our most impressive win of the season. Watching it, it was a fun game to watch as well. You know, up and down the field, roaming up and down the field. You, you'd love, you know, Lewandowski getting involved a little bit more, but I mean, the output that he was, he was doing great runs behind and opening up uh, spaces that allowed, you know, Felix and, and Rafinha to attack through the sides and through the, and just attack into the middle. And it, it boded well for us throughout the whole game, being able to get four goals started off really early, 20 minutes in. Uh, I mean, really early, we were able to get chances even before that Rafinha goal, the chances before he had a few chances, he missed a few throughout the game obviously he, he didn't have a perfect game but this is you know a very good sign from you know Rafinha coming back from the injury uh, it felt like Yamal kind of took his place and rightfully so Yamal was playing really well um, you know for a 16 year old five goals and six assists coming out and that yeah that's a that's a really big output even for like this you know that's there's some 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds, 23, 24, 25, say whatever age that aren't getting those numbers in, in seven, eight games, right? So and they're not getting it in 20 games, much less seven, eight games. And so obviously, you know, there's going to be competition there. And you, you'd like to see Rafinha taking, uh, taking that competition to heart and, yeah, just becoming better and improving. Um, I like that, yeah, Yamal didn't even play in this game, needs the rest. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play. And yeah, Rafinha just is the, is, is the mainstay. We'll probably see um, Yamal come off the bench in a few games. He, he needs a few games rest. He played like nine, ten games straight. And even though he's been phenomenal, it's he's 16 years old. This is his first full season doing this in like, this is, I mean, he's playing for Barcelona. Like this is, this is not a small club here. So every game is high pressure. Every game is... You know, every game means something. If it's not, we're chasing Real Madrid and then in the, oh my goodness, Girona just scored. As I'm filming, Girona scored as they're versing Rayo Vallecano, uh, being able to overtake. So we'll be, after this game, we'll be third. If the, if the score stays the same in that Girona game, one nothing, we'll still be third. But I mean, we're still pushing for that one spot. It doesn't stop now. Anything could happen. Um, you know, there's still at least, I, I, I believe there's like, uh, 14, 14 games left, 14 match days left, I believe, and you know, in 14 match days, we could see Girona and Real Madrid drop, you know, two games, three games, the right amount of games that we need to squeak in there. Just need great play like this, four nothing win. So this is a good start, and obviously, uh, playing like this right before we see Napoli again as well. It's all, it's all, you know, positives. It's all positives as we see Napoli in two weeks. So it's all positives, all positives. And you want Rafinha to be a, a player that in that Napoli game, yeah, you want Rafinha to start because that's a high-pressure situation game. Um, even though Yamal is a great player, you want Rafinha to be prepared for that one because 
he, he's more prepared for the situation. He's been, you know, part of the this this club. He's been part of high pressure situations before, even before Barcelona. Uh, looking at his time at Leeds, you know, helping them get out of the regulation battle before they eventually got relegated the year after he left and came to Barcelona. But you know, the year he was with Leeds, he had some big pressure, you know, games and was able to deliver. He, you know, he's a big like he's. A mature player, so you you you'd like Rafinha to start, and it's beautiful um, beginning to that. So uh, yeah, uh, just building up to that. Um, let's go on to the Prem. We're seeing Man City close the gap against Bayern, or sorry, Bayern. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Bayern. I'm, I'm thinking ahead, but we'll talk about Bayern in a little bit. But Man City closing the gap against Liverpool. I, I feel like the Prem is the tightest, um, you know, it is in, in the in the top five leagues right now. I'm looking at, uh, I just mentioned Bundesliga, I mentioned Bayern. Bayern is five or eight points down. Pretty disappointing. Um, last time I checked, it was eight points down. Maybe a little bit less after, after this last weekend. We're going to have to double check. But yeah, pretty disappointing up until this point. And Leverkusen, Bayern Leverkusen have been very, very under the... You know, guidance of Xabi Alonso, they've been very, very impressive. Still undefeated, 33 games undefeated. Um, you have to give props up to that. That's like, you know, reaching some greatness status. Um, obviously, you, you just start to wonder how long it's going to last, but you, you ride the wave. You're riding, this is greatness. This is, hasn't happened in a few years where we're seeing um, at least 30 games unbeaten. Um, I see in the graphic where um, the, the next team there they're going to have to surpass that 2015-16 Barca team that went 39 games unbeaten. So that's six games. Um, the team at the top is Juve. I think it was 2014-15. They went 43 games unbeaten. Um, and that that's the list from, you know, longest unbeaten streaks in the 2000s. So, you know, 10 games to surpass that Juve uh, streak that, you know, they set for the 2000s. But gonna be interesting to see if they'll do that um but yeah they've been playing really well and yeah back to the prem i don't want to get ahead of myself but back to the prem um city just a point down on liverpool um we're seeing that yeah they got leveled on on match plays last last time we talked um they were playing i believe no they they're playing luton tomorrow in the fa cup but they were playing bournemouth yes they were playing bournemouth and Holland finally scored against Bournemouth. That's the only team that he hasn't scored on in the Prem, and he finally scored against them. And I say finally, and he's only been in the Man City squad for a year and a half. So that's 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 wild to think about. That guy is he's a crazy goal scorer. He scored against every single Prem team. I mean, the the resume that he's built in the Prem just continues to grow. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the season shakes up, though, for the City team. 59 points to Liverpool, 60. Um, Arsenal's in third with 58. So it's a three-headed three-headed race right now. At the moment, I get, you got Aston Villa with 52, so they're kind of behind. Tottenham, 47. United falling behind. I see they lost to Fulham, 2-1. to one. Disappointing loss right there. They were just about to get into the... Uh, or fighting to get that Austin Villa spot, but now just eight points behind. It's going to be interesting to see if they get any type of European football. Still three points behind Tottenham team. Tottenham hasn't been playing well, though, so 
you know, I'd be surprised if United doesn't at least get fifth. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that Austin, Austin Villa hasn't played too bad. Um, you know, as of late, they've dropped a few games. So United still does have that opportunity. But eight points is daunting for United team that, you know, just lost to Fulham 2-1. to one. They have one good game where they their attackers are great. They're, you know, pushing the ball. They're doing what you want, like, uh, a United team to do. Um, Hodgland was, he, he scored, what, in the six straight games or something like that? And then in other games, it's just disappointing defending and disappointing attacking. You know, it's not promising from both sides of the ball. And then, you know, half teams being able to take advantage of that. And that's what Fulham did. And it is what, exactly what Fulham did. Um, quickly on the last thing about the Prem and all the Prem teams. I know it was a little bit over the place, but there was the FA Cup final. And it was, or the e, uh, the championship final, um, you know, with the the English English Cup, I guess, whatever they call it nowadays. A bunch of different names for that, but it was against Chelsea and Liverpool. And every time they face, it's they go to extra times. But this time, they, you know, well, guess what? They went to extra time, and uh, yeah, it's always one nothing. I mean, the under has been the best bet in this matchup for like the last five, six years. It's crazy. It's crazy the consistency and the kind of feel these these two uh, squads have for each other, despite the manager changes that Chelsea be having, despite the player changes that Chelsea be having, and uh, obviously Liverpool be having. Uh, just historically, I mean, as of late, these guys have just been tight, competitive matches where it's low scoring. It's been one nothing, and Van Dijk was able to get that last minute header to propel Liverpool to win that so you know Liverpool got a uh, at least for Klopp's final season you know as he's leaving Liverpool not returning to the Prem that's for sure I was surprised that he's uh, when he first you know said the news about that I thought that there wasn't going to be any you know he wasn't going to coach anymore but he's still going to coach he's just going to take a year off and come back um, I guess that's code for he doesn't want to, you know, coach uh, in the Prem anymore or, you know, coach Liverpool. Yeah, you know, just wants a new challenge, you know, wants more money somewhere else. You know, the tight pockets of the uh, Liverpool owners and all that, of, you know, recent years of just historically. So it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up, but at least he finally was able to, or not finally, was able to get a, because uh, they've been able to get, you know, titles on their run and you know you like to see that as on his last year he was able to get another one let's move on to some f1 talks we got red bull i mean yeah like f1 it's just i don't think you know if it's gonna be a, a, a you know a replica of last season i'm not gonna lie i don't know how much i'm gonna be able to going to be able to watch you know i'm going to be able to talk about because the news that you know is coming out after the preseason tests are done and obviously we're on race week this week and it's going to be the first um, first race of the season in bahrain but the news we're hearing or the fans are hearing is man the red bull have a lot of time left on their car like they they have a lot of power to be you know 
reached they have a lot of you know they, they, they weren't using all the energy they weren't using all the power they weren't using uh, I, I'm hearing they were just using like 70 percent of the car's capabilities so like obviously they they're not even touching 30 percent plus what the upgrades are gonna be they're saying that their car in mid-season is even gonna get better so everybody's saying that you know ferrari was pretty close right uh, we see carlos signs and and uh charles leclerc being able to you know in day two um you know get some fast lap time signs on day two uh, had the fastest lap time right and we, we seen them, you know, at, at, on day three, Leclerc had the fastest lap time, but it just didn't matter because it, the, the news coming out, it's saying that, you know, the, the reigning world champions, Red Bull, are nearing the higher end of mileage charts. And, you know, it's they were just doing a, a lot of long runs. They were, it, it was a heavy car out there. They didn't do a lot of race simulations, you know, and they didn't, um, really especially max Verstappen, he didn't do anything where he was actually going to do like a race um a qualifying lap or anything like that which is not great to hear i mean you're hearing that max even in the long runs that the short long run that he had and you know uh, obviously perez had another long run as well uh, on day two and three he was saying the car feels great this and that better than last year not great to hear um, you know they can't even hide their excitement for how good the car is and then you just you, you, you hear about Ferrari Ferrari they, they unlock a lot of times like I said but still feeling like they're much behind Mercedes they feel like they're starting a, a lot better this year uh, on the base a lot better but you know more positive than they did last season at the start but still know that they have a lot of learning to do and you know, still have a lot of ground to catch up on Red Bull. Um, Aston Martin taking a step back, which was surprising as well. Um, and it looks like they're going to have to be on the catch up. They're going to have to be, um, you know, try and get back to where they were at least um, to start the season. It's going to be interesting to see where they end up this, you know, first, um, first few days of this race week. So Friday and Saturday are going to show us a lot gonna show us a lot i mean thursday and friday they're gonna show us a lot because i mean friday uh, for sure the most because on that second practice day we're gonna see a lot more qualifying sims and we're gonna see okay how the red bull shakes out how the mercedes shakes out how the ferrari shakes out but i'm not gonna lie to you man if if this season's a wash and ferrari i mean if red bull has it ferrari can't even if ferrari can't even they're the closest ones and I'm, I'm hoping that Mercedes can do something but man it's it's tough to hope and not see results Mercedes they were sandbagging a little did a lot of long runs too so you hope that at least the car improved a lot that they could I mean you see it the numbers where they're four set uh, four tenths behind the Red Bull it's not bad but you hope that it gets a little maybe to three and then you know much closer fight four tenths isn't bad though four tenths is not bad but you you hope that you know the red bull doesn't gain a much bigger lead than that like they did last season and you know that they're not holding out as much and you know that the teams did improve and um, 
yeah, because just won an exciting season. I mean, it was such a disappointing season last season. Okay, I want to get to some NBA. I've been talking a lot about other, uh, I guess some, these are European sports, not a lot of North American sports on this Monday. But the first thing I want to talk about was the Raptors, man. These guys continue to win when we're trying to tank, man. And I know why. They want to give up this. They want to give up the, you know, the seven pick. They don't want, you know, the rights to carry over to next year where the draft is quote-unquote better, even though I say take every single pick you can because who's saying that we're not going to be trash next year? You know, we went out and we just went out to be able to get that seventh seed, uh, seventh seed right, or seventh pick and then give it to the Spurs, and the next year we're just as trash and we need the seventh pick. So it, it just makes no sense to... To, I mean, try and win out when we know that we're going to need that pick. We know we're going to need another young piece to win out. And all in all, it was, you know, you can't really blame the team for trying to win games. You know, at the end of the day, you don't want them to willingly lose games because they're trying to improve, become better as young players. So they're trying to win games. But it was a stupid trade. That's just the summary of it all. Jacoperto trading him for a first round pick was a dumb thing you know when it happened i was confused a year later i'm confused and you know after siakam was traded after og was traded i mean they traded Jakob because of you know trying to pair him up with siakam and you know obviously everything that's happened so it's just it feels like such a dumb trade and now the spurs kind of hold our rights and spurs are able to improve their team tenfold this draft and next draft because if they don't get it this draft they might get a next draft but it's just it feels it feels like it feels like a dumb trade and it feels like a dumb trade because i feel some some little gems at least you know to be some high production you know role players on you know a championship team there's some players in here that you know you could develop and bring in um obviously for that seventh or that sixth spot that the, the raptors were gonna be slotted in probably we're gonna take like a rob dillingham he's been like on the rise you know that's what they've been kind of um projecting but he's kind of like a 9 10 11 in my opinion pick like for a six or seven pick if the raptors were able to get that obviously if it drops a seven it's not the raptors if it was like a six it would be like a cody williams if he was able to drop a little bit he's been balling in colorado watched a few of those colorado games and you could just see he has the length you know he's like a six eight forward um could shoot the three um doesn't really get on the inside too much but that's okay that's something that you could grow um as a player doesn't really have the playmaking but he's a scorer and that's something that the raptors would need you know around holland he's you know another lengthy guard or a lengthy um big you know that could stretch the floor you know could shoot the three he's a scorer could get on the inside three level scorer right he's a great defender someone that like fits the mold for a toronto raptors team and you know not even talking if like Raptors were lucky enough to get like a top three pick and were able to go get like a Nikola Topic, like a point and that the point god from you know Serbia playing in Red Star. That like those there's some gems in these in this draft that I feel like could you know come in and, and produce 
and produce and you know as i've been saying where as draft comes up we're gonna just we're gonna do like a whole analysis somehow like where you know the players are and you know what i feel about the you know grades about the the, the, the mock drafts and all of that as we get closer to you know the season ending maybe as like 10 games you know 15 because there's just so much time even with the playoffs and then after the playoffs and there's still so much time before the draft so like even before that like or even after that you know maybe like after playoffs a little bit we'll just like super dive in or just before playoffs when we finally get an idea of how it's going to shake out especially like without the lottery let's just say um with the team records right uh, as the season gets to the end still a lot of basketball to play still 25 so yeah uh, we'll, we'll wait on that um, Bucks might be getting it together um they started three of seven in their last few games in this weekend they went to a no they versed uh, the 76ers were able to take business take care of business there um quick thoughts on the 76ers they look trash without Embiid bro I mean garbage and it's just like it's Tyrese Max he's just not aggressive enough for me in my opinion you gotta have an aggressive player you know on that Philadelphia 76ers squad that's full of role players you gotta have one guy that wants to go score the basketball and you know you expected that to be Tyrese Maxey when uh, you know Joel Embiid went out and they just continue to lose because he's not doing that and I mean the Bucks were able to take care of business there um, they were able to beat the Timberwolves as well on Friday impressive wins uh, and just able to build it up build it up I mean still 2-2 I mean able to beat the uh the nuggets last week monday as well remember when we were talking about their big win but then right after i talked about that they lost big to to the heat so it's still it's still you know a work in progress over there i'm gonna be interested like all season i'm gonna talk about that because i still don't understand why they you know why doc rivers is the coach i mean i guess he has the resume but it doesn't even make any sense like uh i mean mid-season all of that like it's hard to get a coach in you know slot him in mid-season yada 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 all of that but yeah who cares i mean it's we're gonna gotta critique it as it is because they made the decision and they put themselves in position to be critiqued like that um celtics are up nine games in the east ridiculous um feels like the east is like it's a it's a one-man band right now i mean the bucks may be able to put it together but if philly don't get joel and beat i feel like they'll continue to slide and they won't be able to verse like beat a philly t- i mean a celtics team in the playoffs maybe indiana is able to be like th- those are my dark horse uh, dark horse team indiana and the knicks those two teams to be able to make some deep playoff runs because when you look at like everything shaking out miami they're shaky but you never know they were super inconsistent last season in the regular season obviously miami was like Miami was like the ninth seed they were like the 10th seed or something like that they were a low seed able to win out in the play-in they won two games in the play-in to be able to get into the playoffs went to the final so it's like all of that you know obviously looking at that like you know you never know with the, that miami team stuff like they just turn it on playoffs they turn it on it is what it is but right now it's the celtics that looks the best i mean 
having a substantial lead at the top because when you look at the West, it's one game or it's the same amount of games between one and eight than it is between one and two in in the East. So the Celtics are up nine games in the uh, to the, the, the Cavs in in the West. Uh, the Timberwolves are up nine games and to the eight seed Sun, right? So it's like, or it's even a little less. I think it's seven and a half, right? So it's it's like, yeah, it's been tight in the West. I feel like the West has the the, the tougher teams, the more complete teams for sure this year. I, I mean, up until this point, the only team that you you really look at in the East and they've they've looked like consistently great has been the Celtics, and I guess in the league for in the in the, the grand scheme of things, yeah, it's the Celtics have looked the best in the whole league, even with the Nuggets and the, you know, other teams in the West, Timberwolves, OKC, name them off. The Celtics, you know, they're not getting a lot of love, and I'm not even a Celtics supporter. I'm a Raptors guy, so obviously there's no love lost from the Celtics from or for the Celtics from me. But trust me when I'm saying, like, uh, you know, Tatum's averaging, like, 26. Brown's averaging 22. Um... And they got Kristaps um, averaging like 16. Um, I think White's averaging like 12. Holiday's averaging like 15, something like that. They got the most complete starting five at least in the whole NBA. And that's something to be scary for in the playoffs. As soon as they, you know, starting to get together as well. Because they got the whole bench and they got the whole chemistry part of it all. That's a team that has a lot to prove this year. And, you know, people putting them down definitely you know we'll give them the motivation to do more and you know bring up more and you know try and improve themselves as a team or prove themselves as a team by winning the chip i mean they were in the title game uh just two years ago so you know that's a team to watch out for well not watch out for because they're the best team in the league right now in my opinion i was gonna do mvp rankings and all of that i was gonna do uh you know the camp new and fight fighting like 10 guys at once i was going to talk about that i was going to talk about the clippers new logo and rebanding i was going to talk about like uh the Wemby dominance and all of that but i'm gonna just leave it for tomorrow um yeah i'm just gonna you know wrap it up here I feel like you know this is that celtics talk just tied the whole knot a great knot on uh the great conversation that i had here today and i thank you guys if you've you know reached to this point on the pod um just leave a like um, leave a little review. Tell me what I could do better. Tell me what you liked about this. You know, give me your thoughts overall on, you know, any topics that I talked about today. And, you know, I'd really appreciate it. I mean, if you already got to here, might as well. And, um, yeah, for another day, it's been your host, Isaiah Nani. This has been the Game Time Gazette. Thank you. <laughs>